0: What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real
1: dead meat. Me! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. Find the final passage of business. Dead Meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James.
0: I'm Chelsea, and we're boyfriend and girlfriend, and we like to get scared together.
1: Yep, and also, if you're watching this, Yes, I Shaved, it's not a big deal. Don't leave all the comments about it. All right? It's fine.
0: Mm -hmm. We're recording on a new sound recorder. Yeah,
1: changes in the air. Yeah. The New Year's on its way.
0: And so we decided since... It's it's getting close to New Year's and it's the holiday season. We wanted to, instead of doing a Christmas movie, we wanted to give ourselves a little present. Or at least I wanted to give myself a little present because we're going to review a movie this week that I have been wanting to see for years. But just haven't because it was one of those things where... I so badly wanted to see it that I almost didn't want to see it because there was this fear that it wouldn't live up to what I wanted it to be. We're watching House from 1977. House. It is uh in you can't just it's hard to describe.
1: I've never seen a movie like this. Yeah. I think- While watching it, I was like, okay, this is I've watched a lot of movies, a lot of weird movies. Right. This one stands alone
0: yeah and while we're kind of still talking about um giving gifts to yourself i stick around to the end of the episode we're gonna open this at the end oh okay. this is james that we have james's prize from i won last I earned week it. yeah from guess the kill mm-hmm. it's the slider puzzle i ordered it to be gift wrapped it was not gift wrapped Nope. <laughs> but it was included it did include the slip that said this is a gift with my little note so
1: so it's basically hey thanks for the money thanks for your five bucks
0: (laughs) so you know what that's that's great that's fine that's in line with just all of everything that that episode involves so yeah, we'll open that after we talk about House. But uh, all And this right.
1: is not, there's, there's another House. There is another House. That I was familiar with. with I didn't know this one. Who
0: was in it, George Wendt?
1: George Wendt, a.k.a. Norm from Cheers. Yeah. Uh, That's mostly what I know. I don't know what else he's in, but yeah, everyone's done a horror movie, so that was his. And it's that's also like a cult classic. It is. People like it. Weirdly enough, I'd, I think the first one isn't out on Blu-ray yet, but the second one, House 2, the second story is on Blu-ray, so I've got that. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the one that I knew, I didn't really know this one. I guess, I. I you could probably say I have a blind spot in foreign sim- cinema uh, for horror movies. This
0: movie's also pushing the line in terms of what, horror is i think sure this is kind of you're starting to move into art film oh yeah and, and fantasy film school kids <laughs> i feel yeah. like love this movie this is very yeah art house kind of but not boring art house don't think this is oh a boring no movie. no the, there's nothing um, boring about um, this. there's nothing boring about house it is just balls to the wall crazy uh this movie came out in 1977 in Japan.
1: That's so early. That's and, Star Wars.
0: Yeah. And the distribution rights were not available in the United States until 2009, I think. So I saw a trailer for this uh, at this like theater on our college campus. If you go to University of Michigan, you know the state theater. They show a lot of cult movies. They have midnight screenings. So I was at a midnight screening and they showed a trailer for House because they got the rights to screen it. And I'd never heard of it before. Most people hadn't here, at least. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I and I, I wasn't able to go to one of the state theater screenings, but it's been one that I've just been, I've wanted to see for years and just haven't. I think because I wanted it to be right, you know? Yeah. Because it just looked so fun and so good and just like such a movie I would love that I wanted it to be
1: yeah, go ahead and just watch the trailer for this. That's oh, yeah. Insane.
0: Um insane. There's a trailer on uh, the Criterion Collections Which YouTube. Which is the
1: Blu-ray that we got and watched.
0: Yeah. And that's, again, how you also know that we're starting <laughs> to move into Art House because it's a Criterion movie. Yeah. But again, don't let that...
1: I think they have off. some bullshit, though. I think they have like a Michael Bay movie. They've
0: put a few like, questionable things shit. in yeah. the Criterion Collection, yeah, where it's like, all right, let's calm down. <laughs> This movie was a big cult movie in the 70s and and onward. A lot of directors in Japan, modern day directors who were like kids when this came out, cite this movie as a big influence on them. And that's something that the director is apparently really proud of. There's a really good interview with him in the Criterion. And it's
1: uh, Nobuhiko Obayashi. Obayashi,
0: Okay. So, okay. So our episode about this... I think it's going to have to be a little different than the way we do than the way we I do stopped that. taking
1: notes 10 minutes Yeah,
0: because our notes, if we just did what we normally do and did like a recap of the movie, it would just sound like we're doing Mad Libs. Because yeah. Because ev- it gets so crazy.
1: It'd be like, fingers play the piano and then she catches on fire.
0: It's just a lot of weird <laughs> so shit. So what we'll insane. do is we'll talk about the plot and we'll talk about weird things that happen in it. But I also... I learned a lot about why this was made. Because if you've seen this movie and if you haven't, just like go watch it. We always say that, but stop the podcast, go watch the movie. This is a movie that is great if you go into it not knowing anything about it. And I know that that uh, potentially tanks our numbers if I make <laughs> everyone stop listening to go watch a movie. But you know what? I'm doing it for art.
1: I did the same thing with Suspiria.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So if you've seen this, one of the things you come out of it wondering is, yeah, how the fuck did this happen? How did this get made? Why did this get made? Why did such a big studio make this? If you know anything about Japanese film, Toho is huge. (laughs) Something that's fun knowing going into this is that the story by credit of this film, if you look and it's like the screenplay or story by credit is to Chigumi Obayashi, who is an 11-year-old girl, or was at the time of the movie being made. It's the director's daughter, but that's what we're working with here. It's great.
1: Also, I guess, uh, if we're butchering these names, our apologies. Oh, yeah? I'm not well-steeped in Japanese culture like some of our friends. Looking at you, Beth. Yeah, I don't. Wish you were here. I
0: tried. (laughs) It is It is great how i can spend a week researching stuff and i have like all the names in my head sound great and then as soon as i try to say them out loud it's very bad do you want let's give a synopsis of what the movie is okay kind of what it's like you can kind of do you want to sure yeah
1: i'll give it a shot yeah i'll give it the old college try uh basically you got seven uh are they high school age girls i would
0: say they're high school yeah okay
1: so they're yeah they're seven uh high school aged girls and they each have a name that's like a trait. The main one is gorgeous. Do you remember all of them? I think I, think I, I do. can do it. I think I can do it. Okay. Gorgeous mm-hmm. and fantasy are like the main ones. Mm-hmm. Then I would say Kung Fu is probably the next most prominent. She was my favorite. She kicked ass. She's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mac.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh.
1: Sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, You're missing
0: my favorite. Last oh. One.
1: oh, yeah. And I got two more left
0: oh yeah there are two more
1: so there's mac there's oh i'm Sweet. i know oh, what melody t- melody yeah th- who's not your favorite she's not my
0: favorite like. i love them all but.
1: yeah sure and the last one would be oh shit it's always hard to get the last of a set you know yeah uh
0: you're missing such a an archetype i think you know you just think like okay stereotypical group of friends you're missing such a big one.
1: Oh no Mm-hmm. oh shit dude i'm
0: trying to think okay so trios like alvin and the chipmunks and I'm trying to think of other famous <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think who would be the simon of rush <laughs> i don't know who's... that's
1: definitely getty <laughs> that's... <laughs> or no i'm sorry neil
0: uh-huh yeah, neil I, think neil, yeah I, think I was neil gonna Purt say is the, the drummer is the, he's the drummer right
1: simon Isn't he the nerdy one? Neil Perk's the drummer, yeah.
0: Right, but I'm saying is yeah, he the okay, yeah.
1: He's the Simon, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then if (laughs) the Chipettes is there's a, a Chipette with glasses, realizing it's not a great example because all I can think of is the Chipmunks and the (laughs) Chipettes. Isn't that what they're called?
1: (laughs) Oh i lo- I cheated i looked at my nose prof yeah the, the, the nerd the smart, the smart one the one. nerdy yeah. one
0: you always have that one i like her a lot because she She's talks your favorite? i don't know i think because i was that friend in high school okay. like that was my role in our group was i wore glasses and was a fake <laughs> know it all and i like that she talks and puts her finger up when she talks
1: oh yeah like it's a discovery i i love it okay so these seven girls Go to Gorgeous's aunt's house, Mm -hmm. who she had only met once before. Gorgeous's mom is dead. Her dad is trying to marry a new woman, and she don't like that. So she runs off with her friends to visit her aunt after writing to her and being like, can I come there with my friends? And her aunt is like, yes, you may come here. I will sit in my wheelchair with my cat, Blanche. The cat is awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, guys, there's such good cat acting in this. (laughs) Really good. Top-notch actor cat.
1: In fact, we're not going to be able to put too many clips in here because they're in The Japanese, movies in Japanese, obviously. So listeners so. wouldn't understand, but there is a wonderful song featuring cat meows, which you'll hear now. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that's what you have to look forward to. The seven girls go to the aunt's house, and I uh, got a real seven dwarfs feel here because they start mm-hmm. cleaning her place and helping it's, her out.
0: Yeah, I was trying to think how, because, yeah, they all have very seven dwarfs ish kind of names. Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to piece together how that all fits because there are a lot of weird fairy tale mm-hmm. story tropes going on in this. There's I mean, lots- it's a witch. Yeah, the ant's a witch, aunt's and she ends up eating witch, them. And you have the stepmother that the main girl hates, you know, and feels betrayed by her dad marrying some new lady. Yeah. And um,
1: but yeah, the ant ends up starting to eat these kids one by one, mm-hmm. and she's getting stronger and more lively while it happens. But the house is also haunted, kind of, and yeah. the cat is a witch, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's yeah, the story. That's the story. Good luck.
0: It's so much more than what it sounds, though.
1: There's there's uh, stop motion things. There's animated stuff. Guys, there's...
0: someone gets so scared in this movie that they turn into a pile of bananas.
1: They do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After like... another guy turns into an animated skeleton.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it fucking rules. This movie's awesome. <laughs> it is one of the most colorful movies you'll mm-hmm. ever see. The use of color in it is just I was going to say bananas, like that guy. Do we want to go through kind of where Japan's at at this point? Sure. This is going to be more about the movie.
1: This is going to be you learning me because you're the one who did all the research. I did. I I just sat there and edited my stupid little kill count videos (laughs) while you were learning about cool stuff.
0: It actually really brought back. I I was relearning stuff because as I was taking notes, I realized, oh my God, I learned so much of this in our contemporary cinema class i don't know if you took that one at michigan like it was a history class i took a bunch of the history but i was remembering oh yeah i learned that in this class and just forgot all of it until now (laughs) cool (laughs) (laughs) the 1970s in japan just like pretty much everywhere else we see this in america and we talked about it a lot in our gimmicks episode In the 70s, cinema attendance just tanks because of...
1: TV. TV.
0: TV. Yeah. And so, you know, people have TV in their homes. And as a result, and this is why we get really fucked up horror movies in the 70s, same thing in Japan. We start to see increased violent and sexual content in films one of the big production companies trying to drive people to the theaters in japan is toho we mentioned earlier and this is a studio probably most famous for their baby
1: obviously that's how i know them godzilla, godzilla.
0: and i think they if you've watched any miyazaki movies i think they show like their logo on those oh, like, do they? okay. yeah i mean they they're huge they're yeah an equivalent of like fox or universal or so they're big Um, You know, they, besides Godzilla, they do a ton of other stuff. So the big studios are looking at what movies are making money in America around this time. And since American cinema is having the exact same issues that Japan's having with revenue loss, again, because just TV has taken over the world. If you've been listening to the podcast and paying attention, you can probably guess what film Toho decided they needed to emulate to succeed.
1: It's Jaws.
0: It's Jaws. It's Jaws. So Toho decides. All right, we need to make a movie that's like Jaws, and not necessarily a movie that's plot wise like Jaws or style wise. Specifically, it's more like the formula of an amateur auteur making a huge budget movie because Jaws was like a huge budget. They gave it so much money. That's why it it's the only first like blockbuster.
1: 20 oh man
0: that's why it's the first it's the first movie like movies we make now where it's these super expensive um you know big blockbuster movies but they also in turn make a ton of money so that's how this trend gets started but yeah so that's what they they see that formula so it's like an unknown making this huge budget movie that's broadly entertaining like it has it can entertain a very broad audience like jaws is pretty broad it's not too horror Mm -hmm. so that it's like critically recognized you know (laughs) and it's not too violent so it's like you have a large span of people that are coming to the theaters to see it and again that's why it makes so much money toho approaches commercial director nobuhiko obayashi
1: yeah it's funny when you watch that criterion uh trailer for this it says from acclaimed tv ad director
0: oh yeah and he was he was huge and again, just a reminder, if you haven't watched the trailer, go do that now. And then come back and remember, so I was trying to make a movie. It's like Jaws.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they want the their fuck? Jaws. <laughs> Where did things go wrong? I love
0: it. I love it so much. The story of this movie's great, and I'm glad we're spending so much time with like how it got made versus what the actual movie is because you should just go watch it
1: yeah and also it's just a fucking fever dream there's no point for us to go through how the watermelon turns into a decapitated head that bites a girl on a butt yeah her butt not a butt
0: yeah um so obayashi is he came from an amateur art background and he'd screen his films and event halls and art spaces so think like i don't know i always think of the andy warhol factory people where they're all just hanging out and watching movies they're projecting on walls and being really cool yeah that's what i imagine him doing growing up (laughs) so in his interview on the criterion dvd dvd it's not a dvd I still say DVD. Yeah. Whatever. I'm sure they have a DVD. Yeah. The people in his kind of sphere, his social sphere, they all turn their noses up at commercial directing. uh, But he jumped right in when he's offered the chance because commercials right now are huge because, again, TV. So all the money that was being put into movies is just being moved into commercials because that's what people are inevitably watching on TV.
1: Like the I'm a Pepper commercials with David Naughton.
0: Were those really expensive to make
1: probably not but they're great yeah they're really good i don't know they had they had big song and dance numbers maybe they like cost yeah money.
0: i'd like to give the world a coke there you go okay i'm just gonna say right now that there was a junk cut in this podcast because <laughs> we set a madman spoiler and one of our best friends is watching it and we know she listens to this podcast every week
1: sorry, <laughs> on liz. her drive to work i guess not sorry so we edited, we edited it out. out
0: the spoiler for you liz okay <laughs> sorry Okay, so there, there's no budgets in film at this time, and so he's just happy to be given the chance to direct something with money. He's like, whatever, I can still kind of express myself through a commercial. Even though it's a commercial, the chance to film something beautiful with a bunch of money is amazing. You know, that's like the dream to do. So he has no issue with it. And he'd also already found some success with his short film Emotion, which was big universities and kind of in the art film circuit and i think it's still like if you're taking japanese cinema that's a short film you would maybe expect to see in class or that maybe would come up in your your repertoire mm-hmm. your syllabus so toho's like okay please give us the idea for this movie they're not saying like we want you to direct this they're, do they
1: give him anything or they're just like make us make a us movie. Jaws. make us jaws make us jaws go here's house
0: and they're because like, they're like you're gonna be our Spielberg. Give us this movie. And again, they don't want no him
1: pressure. To, no
0: pressure. They're like we, you know, they don't want him to direct. They just want him to give them a script.
1: Oh, yeah. So he's but, not he's
0: not attached to direct yet.
1: But uh, they want an odd tour to. Make I'm not
0: it. again. I'm not sure. And also, the thing is like he isn't a Toho director. There's like they're like big studio, studio where they system. have a stable of yeah, directors, okay. and he's not. Sure. And that was a big part of the reason they're like we can't have you direct because you're not one of our our guys but we want this idea to come from you because you're this like art you get this artist who also understands yeah you're a creative commercial guy success. give go, us, go give us something
1: creative and money so
0: obayashi turns to his 11-year-old daughter and he explains and i i love this a lot because i totally i totally get what he's saying is that adults aren't going to be able to think outside the box and he's so right because he says if you go to a studio and they're like, okay, successful shark movie, what can we do? Oh, I've got it. A successful bear attack movie. Or and we'll Piranha. Make that. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you see what I mean. Is yeah. It's like, okay, this formula, like copy, paste, change a few things, done. Is That's such an adult way of thinking. Whereas a kid's way of thinking is just on another level that we, are, like as adults, just don't get, we grow out of. So he asks his daughter to pitch him ideas for this movie and she comes up with all these ideas of things that are scary to her that she kind of pulls from real life. And she's on the Criterion interview too. Oh, Mm -hmm. so she's like, Oh dad, it'd be cool if, and she comes up with the ideas for the mirror. If, if your reflection attacked you, that's kind of scary. Uh, the, futons attacking the girl remember when the uh, I think it's sweet is looking for the bedding and she gets attacked by all the feather mattresses because she would go and stay I think they slept on futons at their house and she would imagine them like eating her (laughs) and the girl and the clock because there was a sweet again right? yeah there was a big clock at her um i think her grandfather's house that she was really afraid of because it was really big and loud and same with the watermelon head in the well because when she was at her grandfather's house that's how he stored a he was like oh we'll keep it cool we'll like tie a rope on it crazy and throw it in this well and also the piano nice the fingers in the piano because she was taking piano lessons at the time apparently and it was really stressful and i guess during one lesson her fingers got caught between the keys and so from then on it became a thing where she was so afraid to play the piano and she felt like she was going to get her fingers like bitten off by oh, it or no. something so she came up with that so he's like all right cool 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 and he takes all of her crazy ideas and he adds the character of the aunt and her backstory and the, the aunt is the one who owns the cat mm-hmm. blanche the aunt is such a fun character I love her so much. I love her performance. Like, she's just really fun to watch. I think my favorite
1: moment is when she's eating the watermelon and she like and fantasy (gasps) is the only one who has seen that shit's weird at that point. And she like uh it's like shows fantasy the eyeball in her mouth. It's It's so so creepy. That's
0: such a creepy moment. The Ant story in this, just to summarize briefly, um, she was engaged during right before World War II to a guy who he got drafted before they ever got married and he died during the war Mm -hmm. and so she has been waiting for him all these years because he promised he would come back and so she's just been in this house waiting for him to come back and there's a brief shot of like the atomic bomb going off in the movie where like They're explaining the ant's backstory, and there's a few quick, really quick shots of the atomic bomb, and that's it. Weirdly, just there's that really quick mention of it, but apparently that's a ton of the subtext of this movie is the bomb, because Obayashi grew up in Hiroshima. He's from there, and apparently, like, all of his childhood friends died in Hiroshima. Jesus. So... His subtext that he puts in this movie and his more kind of substantial like a grown up plot that he puts in here is that the aunt is a character who resents these girls who show up to her house because they're all young and they didn't live through the war and they haven't had anything taken from them and they all just take it for granted so like they show up and she just super resents them because she has had her love taken away so it's this woman who um yeah just like is has become a monster who feeds off of them because it's just such jealousy and envy and I guarantee that that's something like someone like him feels towards younger people I'm sure that that's a big generational divide again I don't know much about Japanese culture but I'm not surprised at all that this is present in a film made by someone this age and at this time and even before we watched this movie together I was like oh I'm gonna want to research this movie because I bet you know it's was made in 1977 that's the kids of World War II grown up and they're making stuff like surely there's gonna be something about that in here and there is I'd be surprised if there wasn't but his interview about it is really interesting Um, And that's again why the movie is kind of told from the perspective of a kid with like all of his daughter's weird ideas and the special effects are super weird, really fake looking Is he wanted them to be effects that a kid could feasibly do in camera and they look kind of shitty and like stuff that's
1: keyed out. There's like a lot of like outlines around the effects of like the blue, even aside from just the special effects, just some of the background drops and the backgrounds look are very obviously giant map paintings yeah, or like they look they're, fake they're backgrounds that don't even cover the whole frame I'm thinking when they get off the bus when they're first going there they're, they're like standing in front of just like a partial oh background yeah
0: I mean I you, think that's like a is that like visual a, joke, I think. Y- yeah, where like a bus...
1: It's a bus stop. Yeah. But still, like, it, it kind of fucks with you. hmm Yeah.
0: Like, their sense of reality is so weird. Looking at this really fucked up world through the eyes of a kid, which is, you know, what he experienced growing up is, like, living through a really fucked up time and watching that happen as a kid. So I think when you start to really dig into that, like, this movie's super weird, and at times it does just feel like a bunch of random shit happening. But I think once you listen to what he has to say about it and you start really going through the movie scene by scene you realize there's thought put into this and it is also i don't mean to make it sound like this is a serious like secretly a really serious movie because no, it's, it's not it's, uh... <laughs> it's really fun and funny and he even said making it was super fun and like was super chill you know so but there is again it's it's that. That subtext has to be there for it to be a movie, you know, instead of just stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he pitches this idea to screenwriter Chiho Katsura, and Katsura writes up the script, and they're thinking, this is never going to get made, because they know it's super weird. <laughs> like, they know, writing this, that it's a crazy movie, and they even call it house, which is an English word, which you don't do. In- oh, it's
1: just straight up called house. Mm-hmm. In that's not like a translated title. Just
0: house. All right. Yeah. So they're like, fuck it. We'll just name it this and make <laughs> we'll go the extra step of just like making it this thing that can't ever be made. I think they were like, whatever. We'll just we'll see what happens. They submit it and they're expecting months of deliberation before hearing or we're-, we're not making it. Um. It gets greenlit in three hours. (laughs) What the fuck? I don't, even he does not know how that happened. But apparently they read it and are like, wow, this is genius. You're our young genius. It's incredible. We're making it.
1: Oh, he must have sent it to them during their corporate retreat where they all took those drugs.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: (laughs) he must have uh, just gotten lucky with that.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: (laughs) This is genius. It
0: was perfect. It's just like Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) So. None of the directors at Toho want to do it because they all read it and they're like, this, they were is, sober. this is crazy. We're not doing this. And again, it's like a studio thing. So if none of the directors there want to do it, it's kind of fucked. Like it's just in development limbo because they can't just bring in a random dude to do it. Mm-hmm. Studios. Um, Obayashi is still like he's leaping at the chance he wants to do it and they keep saying no. So he <laughs> goes ahead and designs a poster for the movie, which everyone hates. But it actually is awesome. It's not the one with the cat. It's the one that, if you watch the movie, I think the end credits are like playing over it. It's like the house with the big tongue coming out of it. Okay. So he designs that poster and puts it on cards and stuff, like business cards. And he just starts promoting the shit out of this movie that doesn't exist with his name (laughs) attached. And he was like, well, can I tell people that Toho is, is... is going to make this eventually and they're like yeah sure whatever so then which is like such a dumb thing to tell him because he's like great so he starts pushing it with his name attached. and uh so house because of all this weird underground buzz before the movie's ever made house is made into a novel a manga a soundtrack and a radio drama that was super popular
1: do they have are they similar to the plot of the movie Oh, mm-hmm. how were they based on the script? Or... Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. What the fuck? The
0: movie. Had how a... do you
1: How do you make a radio drama out of this movie that's like so just visual? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine.
0: I don't know. I would listen to it, but it's in Japanese, so.
1: Oh yeah, they will do it.
0: Yeah, but yeah, this movie had the soundtrack before it existed. What fucking sound?
1: That's my biggest complaint about this movie.
0: Okay, well, we're gonna talk about the composer, so okay hold on
1: i'm i'm waiting to hear because it's just the same fucking theme over and over and over and over again except for when kung fu is kicking ass she gets her own little mm-hmm. like her thing. crime fighting theme it's the only thing i hated it was wow, so repetitive. interesting it was so repetitive
0: okay so <laughs> till finally i think this is two years later wow they give in because of all this hype, because people want this movie so bad. And they let Obayashi direct he goes to bring on a composer, uh say Kobayashi. I am probably pronouncing that first name wrong. Um, so he gets involved and this is this would also be his first big thing that he's composing. Did you read ahead? I did. <laughs> so fucking funny
1: that's a composer that yes. guy yeah right. okay so
0: he, he he's like all right this is gonna be my first big feature I'm composing so I he's taking it super seriously as he would and he's reading this script and it makes sense to me that if you're a composer and you read a script you have your own movie in your head because everyone's interpretation of a script is different so his interpretation is oh this is like a serious movie and I'm gonna score it like a serious movie and he is so not on board with anything but, like, we're making the serious soundtrack for this film. And Obayashi's like, well, horror movies all tend to have, you know, they have really good serious soundtracks that take themselves seriously. Sure, go, like, make your, your serious music for this movie. The composer did not want this to be a silly film. But he eventually plays the watermelon guy,
1: <laughs> who's very silly.
0: Which he's one of the weirdest fucking parts of this movie. If you've seen it, they like when they show up to the ants' house. There's this guy at a watermelon stand.
1: <laughs> I guess he's he he plays that like harbinger archetype. Yes, he's like oh, things are there's the house, but things are gonna get bad for you.
0: He is the. Japanese equivalent of the people in Texas Chainsaw Massacre they meet at the gas station. Yeah,
1: or the the cabin in the woods as yes. like, it has that guy. There, yeah. He's
0: this guy, and he's a living cartoon character.
1: He's the one who turns into a skeleton.
0: He turns into a skeleton, <laughs> an animated skeleton, yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy gets so scared he turns into banana.
1: But this is a very serious movie.
0: Very serious picture. <laughs> All the other actresses in this were Amateur actresses, except two, Gorgeous and The Ant. They were like already working actors, but all the other girls were just, they were models that Obayashi knew from doing commercials. So he, while he, I think while he was working on commercials, he was kind of secretly casting this thing in his head. So he mm, reached out to them. It
1: did, yeah, because it was over the course of two years. Exa- yeah, was. he was
0: like, he talks about, like, he's like, Two years of like pre pro is insane, and yeah. I used every second of it. You never ever are given that much time to pre produce anything. That's so unheard of. So he used that time to his advantage. Um, the aunt was a legit actress. Like uh, what's her name? Yoko Minamida. She was like an established person and really good friend of Obayashi's. And so this this movie's a big deal for her because Obayashi says. This is from his Criterion thing. He says, once an actress plays a mother, she'll never play a young woman again, which I think you know, I think we're getting better about, but that's kind of true. true. And especially he says, you know, especially in Japan around that time. So this is a big deal for her um, because of the stigma that if you're playing an older woman on camera, the audience is never going to be able to like deal with you playing younger ever again.
1: Yeah. I never thought about that. but Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: true. yeah, And I think that's, that's total. I'm, I feel like that still rings true today. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're on screen, like, okay. I, I wonder if a good example is even Jennifer Lawrence. Like She's played so many roles where she's a grown-ass lady, and I feel like it'd be so weird to watch her play a movie where she's in college.
1: Well, yeah. Well, how old is she?
0: She's my age. She's younger than me.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe... I don't know. Maybe that was a bad example, but she always <laughs> plays so much older than she is. She does,
1: yeah. Especially yeah. like... I mean, American Hustle was, uh, what, three That was years like ago, four years and ago. And she was playing like... A kind of a almost middle aged yeah. person. It was weird. It was weird.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so she decides to do it. Um, she decides to do this movie, and yeah, they were really good friends uh, until her death. I think a couple years ago ish. Um, yeah, but yeah, she said in general, this movie was just hanging out with buds. It was like a great <laughs> time, apparently, which I found so refreshing because often you read about like all right this movie was kick-ass let's learn about how it was made and everyone was like this is the worst this was the worst <laughs> fucking time of my life i was miserable and wanted to die the whole time on set evil dead
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god this
0: movie's very comparable to evil dead i think oh why you your face
1: i'm just i'm just uh processing that
0: i mean the splatter there's so much splatter gore splatter and crazy like whiplash camera. Yeah. And Peter Jackson movies too, I oh, feel God. like are in the same kind of you get that. I mean, this is a bit more stylized than a Raimi movie. Raimi movies feel a lot dirtier or Evil Dead at least, feels like more disgusting than this. Mm-hmm. But you still get the weird, it just feels like anarchy, you know. Yeah. That's like the vibe I get from all of Sure, there movies. you go. Um,
1: anarchy is good.
0: Yeah, so, so compared to Evil Dead's like, I guess miserable shooting atmosphere, this apparently was chill as fuck. Everyone had like <laughs> a really good time, and I guess crew members were like, this is why I love movies, because they've just been working on all this studio shit where it sucks, and all the crew really came to respect him one day when and he unknowingly he referred to one of them by their name and it like made this dude cry because no one ever the directors never referred to him by name on set <laughs> so it just I guess it just like the it, it became like a very casual set that didn't have the feelings of like really stiff studio oh, for, yeah so I loved hearing that because you often hear anything about
1: the girls were they taken
0: care of I think one of the girls who had to get naked for a scene um, I feel like that's part of the reason you're asking, because it's like they're young, and we see some nudity in this. I guess yeah. that the actress who plays the aunt, uh, on a day where they were shooting, where one of the younger actresses had to get naked, also got naked with her, really? and was like, "You're an actress, and you're you're burying your soul, and you can do it when you have." clothes on but if you have your clothes off you're like truly acting and it's whatever. Although this one scene they filmed it's from the end I think it's prof is like she gets dissolved in water when she falls in. Yeah. And that's like a really long nude scene that I remember but yeah she like slowly dissolves. I guess that was done by she was suspended in midair and had blue paint dumped all over her so they could chroma key it out.
1: Oh wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: I just like was that fun or was that terrible I have no idea (laughs) it sounds like it'd be fun (laughs) but that was part of the like purposely fake effects and experimentation going on a lot of shit he said they just came up with on set like oh it'd be cool if we did this oh it'd be cool if when the mirror broke her reflection we could use the little broken pieces to make mats and then make her face slowly like piece by piece catch on fire like they just came okay, up with that yeah. they're like that would look cool yeah okay <laughs> just anarchy anything goes no storyboards made for this film oh, lord <laughs> i can't guys i can't imagine shooting without story if i'm making a movie not having storyboards yeah this is the total opposite of a Hitchcock shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hitchcock and I apparently Clint Eastwood too is like Hitchcock style pre-produced the shit out of it. Just
1: every shot storyboarded exactly how they I've want. I've heard
0: working on a um, Clint Eastwood movie because he felt it was a, a fucking Gran Torino? Grand Torino, Michigan. I heard working on that it was great because oh, cool. he storyboards the shit out of everything and if if you're such a heavy pre-producer, people on set are like great. Everyone knows what they're doing, you know.
1: Yeah, I tried to be that way in film school, but I'm an awful artist. I can't draw worth shit. So like I had a I had like, you know, 7 pages of uh storyboards, but they were all stick figures with horrible like, perspectives drawn in. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 And then it's like this isn't
1: helping. I think I think that's actually exactly how Sam Raimi is because I think he would storyboard each shot, but then you talk to the uh, like the DPs and, and the like, effects what? works, and they're like, Sam, those are stick figures. Yeah. That doesn't help me. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm just like Sam Raimi, then. Sure. Yeah.
0: The crew working on this knows this movie's batshit crazy. Except the composer. Except the composer, apparently. I
1: want to clarify that the theme is fine, but it's short and they play it over you, and over and yeah, over and fair. over again. You hear it
0: a bunch.
1: Yeah, like nonstop. <laughs>
0: This movie is a commercial flop. It does so badly, <laughs> but it's a cult hit, like, immediately. I guess kids loved this movie because the daughter said when she was going to school, all the other kids were like, your dad made a really crazy movie, and they all loved it.
1: Like 11-year-olds? Yeah,
0: and she was, like, the coolest <laughs> Or maybe kid they'd be, school. like, early
1: teens by the time it was made. Exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. I think she'd be, mm-hmm, like, 13, 14, but they okay, like man, this movie kicks ass. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah um critics apparently had no idea how to review it yeah neither do we yeah we don't either this episode i don't even know we have we've barely talked about the actual movie because it's like how do you just
1: go fucking watch it how
0: do you talk about it um but yeah so this kind of this kind of reception is the opposite of what the studio wants (laughs) they want a big commercial hit uh, that is like popular right now <laughs> in this moment, not a cult hit that's going to be put in the Criterion collection 30 years later. We
1: want Jaws, <laughs> not a racer head.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, that's actually a really good comparison. Um, some felt this was the end of Japanese cinema. <laughs> Honestly, oh man. That's such the dream to make a movie where people are like, this is the end of American cinema. Yeah. God. That'd that, be amazing. That's the You know what? Dream. I think
1: Transformers came pretty close.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh, she cited one review, quote, this is not a film, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> he has like such a good sense of humor when he talks about this too. That's great. Because he... He's, is really proud of it he's yeah. proud of this movie you can tell how much he loves this movie and is like this is his baby um I was curious before I researched this if this was a case where the director is like oh my god I, I'm so sick of talking about this one thing I did that's super weird and everyone's obsessed with for some reason but he's like no this movie's great and I I love I'm happy with it I'm proud of it um and he's proud of it because Again, he made this movie that's like through the eyes of a child and is a very youthful point of view. It's a movie that young people liked. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You watch it. And sure. It's like,
1: oh, this is what movies can be. Yeah. Like, this it's is so what much you can fun. Do? Yeah. It's a lot of fun.
0: I said this, uh, I think during our cam review, but it's one of those movies where it's like, guys, colors exist. And they're <laughs> yeah. really cool to use and stuff. We're so afraid of color. More colors and things. Mandy. Mandy's really good. Uses color a lot. Lots of colors in that. (laughs) Uh... Director Ty West yeah is on the Criterion Blu-ray. He did Your Next.
1: No, he's he... in Your Next. Oh shit! So he was uh literally just talked about in the last in our, episode. He was in our last. He episode. was one of those yeah, yeah. kills that I had to guess.
0: So Ty West is on the the Criterion Blu-ray, and he does like a it's like a three minute long bit where he just talks about this movie, and he right away is like, "This is one of the weirdest movies <laughs> I've ever seen. I don't know how to talk about." Like that's the thing is if you ask anyone who's seen it to talk about it and you like you can't it's just so much
1: it's a lot that's I don't something know what i to ran say. into
0: when i was googling it is is articles about this were like you just have to watch it because it's so weird um but yeah so this is a horror director who says it's one of the weirdest things he's ever seen if that's a big enough endorsement for you you can't just sit back and take it in um you're kind of on the edge of your seat looking at it because it's it's unlike anything you've seen before, and it, and it it makes you think and it makes you like question, like, is it funny? Is it scary? And you have to really come up with your own opinion on it because the movie's so extreme, it really forces you to do that, whereas other lowest common denominator stuff, you know what it's supposed to be because it's only supposed to be one thing, um, and I think that's something that this movie uh, does very well. I think that's something I value a lot of movies too. is not even, like, are they a masterpiece? All right, fine, but, like, are they doing stuff that i've never seen before that's yeah. like a thing i really value like is it truly crazy and am i having an experience watching it
1: definitely mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to think uh that's why
0: we don't do like the like scale ratings or letter grades oh, like of numbers because like, you 10. can't like yeah, how do that. you like letter grade this i mean obviously a plus but like <laughs> you know yeah movies are more complicated than that
1: than just like a single Quantifiable rating. Yeah. What are some of your favorite parts?
0: Oh God. Uh. Oh, obviously the cat song is really, really good. Yeah.
1: Let's hear that again. So good. It's really good. good.
0: The. I mean, that whole sequence I think was my favorite because she's dancing. The aunt is dancing with a skeleton. The skeleton who He's is alive conducting and just
1: the piano. There's playing. a skeleton
0: that just is in this. I don't think we ever really figure out who it is. No. I think it's just a because the grandpa who lived in that house was a doctor. And I think maybe that was just a, a I don't know, like a skeleton <laughs> that just hung out in there. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, I love that whole thing. It's about, I love the part where she crawls into the fridge and disappears, and then yeah, she reappears in right in foreground. front of the camera and smile. Like breaks the fourth wall. She and does smiles. break the fourth it's wall so twice. Creepy. I the think the whole bus ride to the aunt's house because it's so colorful and it's like on this weird. They like they leave to go to the countryside, and it's just it's it feels almost yellow submarine like i can't it's again i can't fucking explain.
1: yeah there's that weird background guy yeah. who like is being weird and then he, he gets off the bus and is like oh, i'll see you later and they're like bye
0: yeah he yeah. doesn't
1: have anything to do with anything
0: uh i think the first time we see the dad's house oh, we that both gasped because it was so incredible you yeah, don't even she gets see- home and then
1: like, goes out on the balcony and the, all the action is done like behind oh bifurcated or like like panels of glass that kind of separate everyone it's so Think weird like
0: okay yeah If you and wanna, then like
1: a sherbert sky behind yes them.
0: the colors that aren't real at all so if you want to get an idea of what this dad's house and but you never see the whole house you see literally just a shot of his balcony <laughs> but it is shot through this glass that, like okay imagine american hustle if you saw that imagine if um they had a Uh, like a glass window in their house that had like panes on it. It's the most 70s shit you've ever seen. And this balcony has an AstroTurf floor, like fake grass floor. And the dad is dressed just like a 70s dude who golfs all the time. Yeah.
1: And And his new fiance just always has the scarf flowing.
0: Yeah. His fiance always has a wind machine on her. (laughs) It doesn't matter where she is. Her scarf is always billowing. It's so fucking good. And yeah, the backdrop of the sunset is the most unnatural shade of orange and pink ever. It's so weird. Like you're instantly just like everything feels off. Everything's so gauzy in 70s. That like really gauzy 70s lighting where everything kind of looks like it has Vaseline on it. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, there's... On their way to the aunt's house, it even has the girls all kind of introduced in little bubbles with their names, like they're. It's like a sitcom opening. It looks like a
0: seventies tampon commercial. It's (laughs) so good. I mean, he could have done tampon commercials. Who knows? He's a commercial (laughs) director. That's why everything looks like a fucking weird commercial. But it's a movie. It's so crazy. I
1: gotta love uh, Mac, the friend who is the the fat one, (laughs) quote unquote. And you're like, that's is that what? Fat people were in the seventies.
0: American movies have this going on too, where you watch a movie from the seventies or eighties, and there's like even
1: early nineties. It's sure, like, oh, yeah. you're the fat kid, and you're like, what?
0: She, yeah, she's the character who is like, um, what's his face from the Goonies? Ch- is it Chunk?
1: Yeah. Well, he had some some way sure but like that's the like ben in the it miniseries from 1990 Yeah, it's like that guy's he's barely husky which i think is exactly the joke i used in my kill count. but still that's true he's like yeah this is a solid dude
0: yeah poor mac (laughs) which apparently mac is for stomach is that what confirmed that's why she's named mac her nickname is stomach like oh stomach right so that's see. why they call it because we were confused. I we thought, thought it was thought like McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> like Big Mac. Yeah. No. All right. So they're all great. I love all the girls in this. They're so fun and cute. And I like them. Like they're the movie knows their stock character types and they play that up so hard. And I think that it's a lot of fun. I don't know. It's such a good fun movie. If you love um if you love shit about witches, which everyone does now, witches are super in and I would love to write a term paper about that. Like, why are witches and horror so popular now? Because I'm sure there's, you know, like, you can trace it to, like, the Me Too movement and stuff. Hmm. I feel like, I wonder if there's connections in I wonder between, I, the... like, witches being popular and, like, waves of feminism
1: yeah, interesting.
0: Anyway, if you like shit like that, like uh American Horror Story, that witch season, which I think is a bad season, the third one, show, yeah, yeah that, it's not a good season. But some people really like it I because think most witches people like it, yeah. Um, if you like that, if you like that new Sabrina show, oh yeah, you like just just women You're doing right. witchy witches shit, are hot right now, yeah.
1: What do we go from? Uh, were werewolves ever in? No, vampires. so it it, it, was, it was vampires then zombies.
0: I feel like zombies and, and vampires were kind of happening. I think I think well, zombies was... lapped vampires.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's witches. But yeah,
0: if you like witchy shit, this is all. This is
1: I'm waiting for your jam. When creature from the black lagoon is what's hot. I mean Everyone's... shape of
0: water one Best that's picture. True. <laughs>
1: You're right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's hot. He went to the Oscars. <laughs>
1: Took that Oscar home.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, I love the whole girl getting eaten by the piano. Oh,
1: that's great. That's
0: such a good, like, gory, fun sequence. Yeah, you yeah, have blood squirting that's all over that room. Golden Chainsaw. The, the piano. Oh, The piano easy.
1: eating that girl up, chopping easy. her up.
0: Oh, it's so great. Yeah. I, I mean, this movie's so fun. The fact that we've barely talked about the actual movie. I feel like... in any other episode would maybe tell you it's a bad movie where there's not much to talk about. But in this one, it's like, it's too weird and fun to, to go into. Yeah. Cause again, it just sounds like Mad Libs. We're like, then she gets eaten by a piano and then a watermelon's pulled out of a well, but it's a head. And then the head bites someone's butt. <laughs> it sounds like, um, it literally sounds like our Mad Libs episode that we did. <laughs>
1: yeah. <it does. laughs>
0: months ago. <laughs> like, that's did we the write most... house? <laughs> yeah. Right. I think we wrote house on accident. It's, yeah, it'd be a, a bad podcast episode. Like, let me just, I want to like flip to my notes and just.
1: Sure, because I, st- like I said, I stopped about 10 minutes I in. You. I think the, the oh, last I thing I wrote was, uh, which cats can close a door. Yeah. Because the cat is a witch cat. It's a, oh, it's a man. cat who's a witch.
0: Uh,. <laughs> Sweet is cleaning and looks for bedding. Doll says her name and magic's the door shut. There's hair covering gorgeous in the bath. Logs start attacking Kung Fu. Everything is an illusion. Her aunt climbs into the fridge and comes out in front of the camera and smiles. There's cat music and goldfish coming back to life. Like that's guys, right. yeah, she would
1: like bite Cats? a goldfish and drop it in like, and come back no, to life. No, that would be
0: the wor- like that's not an episode of anything. That's just <laughs> me reading stuff. <laughs> just me reading a, a word generator. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> all right oh you, you're i i see you eyeballing the uh you want to open your present
1: yeah i'm gonna open uh, no it's not a present presents are given prizes are earned oh okay i earned this That's, and i was also, gonna say you're also you're right also it wasn't, wasn't gift wrapped so i'm opening this it's a slide puzzle for me to practice to be on survivor i
0: did look for i realized we don't have vaseline if you need any to What about the innards? I know the innards might.
1: The innards are gonna be so dry. Ew. <laughs> I'm gonna try, the, they're gonna chafe. There's you gonna be so much friction on innards. the innards when I'm trying Can you
0: to... do the puzzle by the microphones, people? Can you hear uh, me. Yeah. Yeah, take the little thing out. Okay, so I'm just gonna. Ooh.
1: Oh, you know what?
0: Is this sliding good? Is it?
1: It's a little chunky. Okay. So this would take far too long to do on this podcast, but uh, just rest assured, I'm going to destroy this and then I'm going to go on Survivor and also win. But yeah, good. My social game is strong.
0: <laughs> Need to t- train doing puzzles.
1: I guarantee they do.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would if I was going to be on Survivor. Fuck we yeah. talk about Survivor at least once every podcast episode. It feels like it, right? Yeah. Guys, Jonathan follows me on Twitter now. Yeah, no, me too, and dead me. I know. Yeah. I want him to be on the podcast. I don't care if he has nothing to do with horror at all, but he has something to do with us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, the one and the two next to each other. Good, 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 good. All right. We, is that <laughs> our start? <laughs> That'll be it, I guess. We're going to wrap it up.
1: Uh, that's it for the year.
0: Yeah, we're off the next two weeks um, so, holidays.
1: Yeah. We'll be back uh, next year. Yeah. In 2019. We
0: have some fun things in store for next year. We have a lot
1: of interviews that are, like, pending. supposed to ha- Yeah, pending They're interviews. Pending.
0: So. Scheduling interviews is hard. Very difficult. Because the people we want to interview are really talented and awesome and therefore are busy doing awesome shit. Mm-hmm. And so it can be hard to schedule things. But, uh, yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. Got some surprises I can't say anything about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just let us
1: know if there, if you have any movies you want us to watch. Yeah, I did. Someone emailed,
0: uh, they requested. They're like, oh, either House or some other Japanese movie. And that's when I had I had my memory jogging. I'm like, oh, shit, we should watch House. So I do read your emails. Yeah.
1: Go ahead and shoot those emails at deadmeatpod at gmail.com.
0: Because mm-hmm. it lets me know that someone out there cares that we reviewed House <laughs> <laughs> and is excited. <laughs> All right you going to keep...
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You want to tell us, us where to this... follow you? Or... Uh, yeah, go ahead and follow uh, Demi, Pod, uh, Demi James oh, man. on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Hmm.
1: Am I missing one?
0: I don't think so. Now I'm getting distracted it's by really you doing fun. that. Um, you follow me at Carebex, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, demistore.com. We've got hoodies. we got hats. we, we got got them. shirts. We've always had shirts, but... We now have we hoodies have and hats, one. and we'll have pins soon. I'm having warehousing issues with the <laughs> pins.
1: <laughs> yeah. figuring
0: that out it is frustrating.
1: Yeah, we don't. We didn't go to business school. Oh God, we went no. to film school, which yeah. is much less practical. Yeah. Got one, two, three, four in a row.
0: Good job. Fuck
1: yeah! All right, uh, next week, or no, we won't be here next week. Nope. We'll be here next year.
0: Next year.
1: And until then. I'm James.
0: I'm Chelsea. And this has been
1: the Dead Meat Podcast.
0: Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And happy New Year. Yeah, be safe. Be safe. Bye. Be good. Bye.